guess what? Our guest this week is Laura Doyle, who is a New York Times bestselling author. She has written The Surrendered Wife and The Empowered Wife. She is also a mentor of mine from afar. She doesn't even know that she's a mentor, but she has been. I've read her book and listened to her podcast. The podcast was actually released after mine and that gave me all this anxiety you guys will hear the story a little bit later but what she teaches is a similar message to what I teach you guys and I've always admired her for that so you can imagine that when her team reached out to me for her to be on the show I was like uh yes I was absolutely delighted i really really think you guys are going to love this episode love some of the tips that she gives she has some awesome goodies for us at the end so feel free please stick around to the end you're going to want to hear all the things but first i just wanted to remind you all the things that i talk about on the show everything that i teach everything that you've heard about i actually help you implement in real life so you hear everything that i've given you i help you implement that one-on-one in real life if you have ever considered working with me on a one-on-one basis now is your time i opened up a few spots in my calendar feel free to check out the link in the show notes for a free discovery call we'll chat about it see what we think is going to work best for you and then you and i can determine what would be the best way to really reap all the benefits of working with me whether that be on a one-on-one continual basis or whether that be with the course combined with the group coaching either way it's up to you click the link in the show notes for a free discovery call and we can decide together now let's jump in to today's show are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty struggling to connect with your husband maybe you're telling yourself you're just sticking it out for the kids and what really keeps you in the marriage is god if this is you i've been there my story is your story i want to help you reconnect in marriage and feel cherished again Hey, I'm Beatrice, a Jesus-loving wife and mom. I've been married for 15 years, but for the past 10, I've actually had the affectionate and connected marriage I've always dreamed of. What happened the first five years? Well, I was busy telling my husband all the things he was doing wrong, like how he needed Jesus and he needed to make me happy. We tried marriage counseling, small groups, all the things we were told that would make our marriage better nothing worked and we separated how did i turn it around well that's what you'll learn in this podcast proven skills to communicate better create more intimacy and be a grace-fueled wife so if you're ready to finally communicate effectively with your husband so you can stop fighting and be on the same team again this podcast is for you now grab that journal and let's jump right in Hi, and welcome back to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. I'm your host, Beatrice Vargas, and I am so excited to have to introduce to you today's guest, none other than Laura Doyle, the New York Times bestselling author. Laura was the perfect wife until she actually got married when she told her husband how to be tidier, more romantic, more ambitious and he started to avoid her. So she dragged him to marriage counseling and nearly divorced him. In desperation, she asked happily married women for their secrets. 
And that's when she got her miracle, The Man Who Wooed Her Returned. Laura's books have been translated into 19 languages, 30 countries, and started a worldwide movement of women who practice the six intimacy skills. She founded an international relationship coaching school, is the star of Empowered Wives on Amazon Prime, and the host of the Empowered Wife podcast. Laura has appeared on the Today Show, Good Morning America, and The View. But the thing she's most proud of is her gratifying 33-year marriage with her hilarious husband, John, who has been dressing himself since before she was born. Welcome, Laura. I'm so excited to have you on the show oh today. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here, Richard. Thank you <laughs> so much for having me on. I'm really excited. I love that. I love that. Now, I have several questions for you, but what I do like to let my listeners know I only recommend things that I have tried myself, that I have worked on, that I've really vetted. So having you on the show is really important to me because I've read the book. You know, I've I've listened to the podcast. I've done all the things and I absolutely love it. And I try to have my own spin on it. Everything so far I've ever shared on this show has been from a Christian perspective and worldview. Laura's book is not, but I think the principles that she teaches are universal and they are so overarching and they really do align with our faith. And I tell you, so I didn't tell you this story before, uh, Laura, so in the beginning, when I first started my show, I didn't know of anyone who existed that was doing what I do, which is speak specifically to the wife. So your podcast, I think, launched a short, you know, a little bit after my show. And then when I found your show, I was like, oh my God, should I even keep doing this? There's someone oh. else who's doing the same thing. And I had a hard time with it at the time. And then I just felt like, my God, tell me it's okay. It's almost like the same message, different audiences. You know what I mean? Like I speak specifically to the audience of, of Christian wives because there's so many of them who are specifically looking for that component, but ultimately it's very much the same message. And so that's why I really love everything that you do and, and all that. And I was absolutely thrilled to, to have you on the show. So welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad you didn't get deterred because gosh, obviously you've created something really special and amazing with your podcast. And I'm like, I wouldn't get to be your guest today if you hadn't get, get, get right. I mean, and there's just, uh, there's just the need for so many voices, I think yeah. along these lines, providing support and encouragement for wives who want to have an amazing marriage because yes. uh, they, who think that marriage is important because it is right. Uh, there's really, uh, very little I can think of that's more important because that's what strengthens families and that's what everyone depends on. Communities depend on strong families and the country depends on strong communities. So it all comes down to women knowing how to have not just, uh, you know, we're still married, but a marriage that uh, is really thriving. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So yeah. I, I went through the book and I had already read the original version of the book. And this one is a reprint, right? Like a it's, it's updated, updated and expanded, version. right? Okay. Yes. So, so you can get the updated version because I've already checked. I got it on Kindle. <laughs> uh, the Audible version, which I had, did not seem to be updated, which was fine. I just went through my Kindle because I wanted to dig into the updated parts of it. Uh, yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. 
So one of the things that I went through that I really loved is you talk about several marriage myths. And one myth in particular I thought was great because knowing my listener and where she comes from, like I I know my girl. And this myth I thought would really resonate with her. And that is for a marriage to improve, you both have to work on it. That was the question. And then your answer was false. You say, for women have far more power in their relationship and therefore have the ability to revitalize the intimacy of a marriage single-handedly. Men rise to the occasion, but women set the tone, which I absolutely loved. So my question to you is, in this Christian culture, we are so often there is scripture which is taken out of context, like wives submit to your husband, and husband is the head of a household, and, and all this, wives must respect their husband. Oftentimes, Christian wives especially can feel disempowered, and your book is one that helps to empower yeah. them. So if you could just elaborate on that point of men rise to the occasion, but women set the tone. Yeah, I'm just laughing because I can remember myself thinking like, he's supposed to be the spiritual leader, like lead, lead, come on, get out, you know, let's, you know, what are we (laughs) doing here? Right. (laughs) And uh, it's funny because now um, women will have that challenge in their marriage and I'll, I'll be like, well, what is he doing? She's like, he's just sitting on the couch watching TV. And I'm like, maybe he's, his leadership is it's time to relax and just enjoy yourself. You know, maybe that's the, the message that he's sending right now. But the other thing I love is I actually had someone tell me about the concept of yin and yang when I first got started with, um, when I was doing experiments in my marriage, trying to figure out how to get myself, you know, out of, you know, I really was right on the verge of divorcing my husband. I really thought this is, we are not going to make it because he's not changing. We were going, we got, went to marriage counseling for years. We spent $9,000 and I was on the counselor's couch when I realized Mm -hmm. like, is hopeless and I'm going to have to get divorced. So, so that's when I started this uh, idea that I was just going to experiment with the advice from these uh, wise women who had happy marriages, who would think that the women with happy marriages would know what to do. Right. But they, <laughs> they did. it sounded crazy to me yeah. at first too. I'm like, I am not going to be doing that. But um, anyway, someone explained to me that every object has um, yin and yang or the male and the feminine, right? So the yang is the masculine and the uh, the yin is the feminine. And even like a, a, I don't have my coffee cup here, but anyway, it's, so here's my water cup and this, the plastic part and the lid and the straw and all that, that's the masculine. That's the structure of the cup. And the part that can hold water kind of like your, oh, yours is really cute. Very feminine on the outside too. Uh, (laughs) But the water inside, the part that can receive it, that's the feminine. So if you think about a cup that can't receive any liquid, it wouldn't have any purpose, right? Mm. And so we women are the keepers of the relationship because we're the receivers. So if we aren't willing to receive, then our men don't have any purpose. And this is a source of our strength. Uh, and power that I think we don't realize that we have. I know for me, I was just a terrible receiver. My husband would say, we'd like wake up in the morning. He'd say, oh, you look so beautiful. I go, no, I'm like, my hair is a mess. Don't look at me. Or he would buy me flowers. And I would say, you know, we really can't afford to do this every week. Like the, this is too much. Like just maybe Mm -hmm. just once in a while or, (laughs) or like, or they're just going to die anyway. Right. I said, I'm getting these horrible things. And so no wonder he couldn't ever make me happy because I wasn't willing to receive those things. And so little did I know that I had this power to show up 
graciously receiving and allowing my husband to delight me. And that made a huge difference because he felt more successful with something that he considers like the most important thing in the world, which is making his wife happy. Now, it didn't seem like that was an important thing to him when we were struggling. I was like, oh yeah, he doesn't care about that at all because I tell him what I want all the time and he doesn't, he just turns up the TV. So, you know, I, he can still hear the TV instead of listening to me. (laughs) But the truth is I didn't also have any of the training that I needed to have successful marriage. Uh, Partly, uh, you know, one of the things is my parents are divorced. I was following a failed recipe. I was doing what I saw dear old mom do and uh, getting the same results, sadly. So I didn't realize that having a good marriage was a matter of learning the six intimacy skills, just like learning piano, learning to drive, learning to make an omelet, right? It's you're going to be more successful if somebody who knows how shows you how than just trying to make it up yourself. Yeah, I love that. I wanted to address a little part in the beginning of the book where you say marriage counselors are marriage counselors. And I love this because so many of the women that I speak to, they think that marriage counseling is the answer. And they're like, oh, if I can only get him to go to marriage counseling. And uh, we talked like right before the break, I was telling I'm an actual marriage and family therapy student purposely because I know that there is such issues with it that I wanted to have a deeper understanding and language that I can help my clients with. And, you know, maybe one day I'll be an empowered wife coach, but I wanted that kind of language to empower my clients with, but knowing full well that it's not always the case. And this is what you say in the book about it. And I love it. And then I'll have you address it. So you say, for one thing, there is no respectful way to complain about your husband in front of a stranger. No matter how carefully you word your grievances, you will still be putting down the man you chose to marry in front of someone else who doesn't know him while he sits there and listens. And I was like, Yes. And amen. That's, that's the problem (laughs) is that, you know, you guys are upset with each other or vice versa. He's saying something and he's putting you down and there's really no way around that other than maybe the couple heal separately and work separately so that when they come together, they can communicate better together because they're not doing all those grievances in front of the marriage counselor. That's actually precisely why I chose to focus on helping the wife because I know it was a problem. My husband and I, a quick backstory of my story. The reason why I started this ministry is my husband and I were, he left me. He walked out on me. We were separated. I thought I was headed for a divorce and I, I came home to an empty apartment. And before that, we probably had almost a year of just this terrible disconnected marriage where we felt like roommates, but more so felt like, uh, like it just... We, were, we couldn't even be in the same room together. There was, there was no intimacy. And at the time when he left, everybody turned around and said, oh, how dare he? He left. And it wasn't until I really sat with God and I was like, okay, God, even my pastors were like, go ahead and leave him. I mean, it's just, I had gotten so much bad advice from so many different people. Right. You deserve and, better. And I deserve better. And God said to me, I will bring you a new man, but the same man. And I was like, what? And he, like the time that we were separated, he worked on my heart 
And listeners, I can tell you, because most of my listeners have heard that story, but I can tell you that the information that Laura teaches, that was not available. You wrote your book in 2017. This was like way before that, that this happened. It wasn't available to me. There was no information out there for the wife who felt alone. And we had done the thing, the marriage counseling. So that's why I wanted to um, bring it up so we can chat about it because I just felt so convicted, like so strong about that when I read that portion in your book. Gosh, it sounds absolutely heartbreaking. And I just really want to celebrate and congratulate you on your incredible accomplishment of fixing your family. That is, it's rare, right? And people get awards for, um, you know, being a good actor or I don't know, running a marathon or whatever. To me, like there's nothing more inspiring or yeah, nothing more important than what you did which is learning how to love and be loved in return as part of fixing your marriage, saving your marriage. And it just really reminds me of my own experience, right? I I was feeling a lot of heartbreak too. I was really devastated. I really wanted to have a wonderful marriage. And um, I felt like it was my husband's fault that I wasn't Mm -hmm. having that for sure. Just like you probably did when he walked out. Uh, And that's why it was so hard and it just felt so weird to do the things that these happy wives were recommending. But I just remember, you know, I started experimenting and it was just not even that long afterwards that my husband walked through the door and his, uh, I, I'm sorry, I walked through the door. I walked through the door and my husband's face lit up because he was happy mm-hmm. to see me again. And I thought, Oof, that has been gone. So I knew that I was onto something. And I knew that if I kept doing it, I was going to have the kind of marriage that I wanted to have. And the new way wasn't so hard, but it was new. And I had a hard time getting myself to do it. I couldn't actually do it. In fact, I remember not that long after I walked through the door and his face lit up, we were in the car having a big blow up, saying horrible things to each other, things I knew I was going to regret. And he was saying things, horrible things right back. So I was really crushed. And I thought, okay, I've got to figure out something besides just knowing what to do. It's not enough. I need a support group. So I enrolled some of my girlfriends to do it with me. And that worked. When I felt the accountability of, I was telling other women, like, here's how you be respectful, or here's how you receive graciously, or here's how you express your desires in a way that inspires. That kept me accountable. And we were, they were all experiencing miracles. And one of them said, could you write down what you're, what we're doing for my cousin in Florida? We're in California. My cousin in Florida wants to know. And that became my first book, which became a New York Times bestseller. It was published in 19 languages in 30 countries and uh, kind of accidentally started this worldwide movement of women who practice these intimacy skills, who make their marriages a priority. And you are certainly an incredible example of that. Of course, of course, you should have a podcast and be shouting from the rooftops and sharing about yeah. what you have experienced. There's really no one better, you know, certificate on the wall. It's going to be the credibility that you have uh, in having experienced a big breakdown in your marriage and overcome it. You really know what it takes to do that. Uh, And so uh, it's sort of like you wouldn't want to get personal training from somebody who's got a spare tire or financial advice from someone on the verge of bankruptcy, right? And that certificate doesn't necessarily mean that you have those credentials. You You have the credentials that I would be looking for, but not every MF. T does L, well. What was it? LMFT, licensed marriage and family therapist, mm-hmm. has that. So for me, that's a big 
part of what you have to offer. I know another part for me that wasn't working about marriage counseling was my own bad attitude, which was I was there as a hypocrite to just be a supportive wife while she told him how he needed to change. And then I could finally have the marriage, you know, the happy marriage I always wanted. Cause that, I, that's how it works. Isn't that how it works? Right. Yeah. So I was just, <laughs> Where's I was the, tell, him, tell him how he's tell wrong. Him how he's doing it wrong. Yeah. He's not yeah. happy enough. And he's not, he's not ambitious enough. He's not romantic enough. Which uh, is why men don't want to go, by the way, they no, feel they, like they they're going to, they're going to gang up on that. They're going to get slow. That's exactly yeah. what happens, right? Or they so go why, once and never go back. <laughs> why should they go, right? And they're already, um, you know, if your marriage is in trouble, it's already clear that neither one of you feels loved. And for a husband to not feel loved means he doesn't feel respected. Uh, and he's, yeah, he knows it's going to, he's going to get really massacred, right? In this marriage counseling. So he just want to go. So that's, so those are a few of the reasons, right? One is I wasn't being accountable. I wasn't willing to walk through that door marked self-examination. It was the wisdom of having no escape except for divorce, which I was ready to do, but there was this one big problem. And that was that uh, I, was, I was too embarrassed. I was too embarrassed to get divorced. I knew that it would, uh, yeah, I was going to lose status in my community, right? People had been to the wedding not that long before. And thank goodness, right? Because that forced me <laughs> to then become uh, more, more self-aware about how I was showing up in my marriage and the ways that I could show up differently that not only benefited my marriage, but really, I'm just so glad that I have the dignity that I have. I didn't have much dignity in my old marriage. I shrieked, I nagged, I complained, I criticized. I didn't really even like the sound of my own voice as I heard it coming out of my mouth. And through this process of learning and practicing these intimacy skills, I've become much more dignified and confident and I actually really like how I sound a lot better. Uh, and it's affected all my relationships, right? Not just my marriage, uh, but I have more intimacy and connection with, uh, with my parents, with my siblings, with my team members, with my friends. Uh, so it's really, you know, nothing quite like it. I love that. Yeah, I found too that once I was able to change my approach and the way I spoke to him and what I did, and instead of, <laughs> you know, because I'm like, especially I'm like, <laughs> I talk with my hands and I'm very expressive and I'm like a Puerto Rican girl from Brooklyn, like, no, 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 like I'm very, <laughs> I used to be like, whoa, very intense. Um, when I was able to change my approach, another amazing thing that I saw happen was he started to change his approach. And so when I started to model for him ways that I would like to be spoken to, it wasn't immediate. But sure enough, after a while, he started to give me that back because I'm now communicating in a way that's respectful and that's loving and that's not putting him down and not criticizing him. But at the same time, my girl often feels like she has no voice. She often feels like I'm tired of pretending. I'm tired of just not saying anything for the sake of our marriage being good. And here I am still feeling miserable. And so it's this idea of how could we have a voice, but do it respectfully 
And there's so many things that you give in the intimacy skills, like the receiving and the, you know, for me, a huge one was allowing him to run the finances. Like I did not even know, like, oh, that was, that was a game changer for, I mean, I don't have to worry about the bills. The whole idea of he's been running his own finances long before we got married. (laughs) Like, Why did I think that all the way I did, it was the only way I mean it was huge like that was a, a change and and this is even after I had a loving and happy and um, connected marriage that was a change that I made after listening to your book that was like oh wow that was really great and the, the overall it's this idea that once we're able to do that and then we can start to feel not only loved and cherished and respected but we can start to feel heard because he's no longer tuning us out now you know we're not like criticizing him i'm just this is what the issue is you know it's like uh, saying things like babe i want to show up for you better as a wife and these things would help me show up better that's totally different than why can't you pick your dirty socks up off the floor just a totally different way of communicating and to watch that happen to watch those changes happen it's like life-changing i mean it's great Absolutely. Yeah. That was a huge thing for me too. I just remember when the battle days trying to say, like, I would say this kitchen is a disaster area. And I thought he was going to jump up off the couch and start cleaning it. And that just never happened. So I have this theory that when we're complaining (laughs) that they can't even hear us, like, it's like, you know, they'd hear John, blah, 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 or whatever. The rest of it is just nothing. But it wasn't until as part of this process, I started asking men, how important it was to them that their wives were happy. And they would say uh, all the same things. They would say, oh, it's the most important thing. But they'd say, oh, it's everything. Or in the UK, they would say it's imperative. Mm. And I thought, now that we've helped thousands of women fix their marriages too, and we see this demonstrated over and over again, and she's convinced that, oh no, he doesn't care. But it's really this, that he's so defensive and he's so having to tune out that shrill, uh, nagging voice, in my case, kind of a rageful voice. So It wasn't until the day I also learned the formula for expressing my desires in a way that inspires, which I think is so life-changing. I feel like every woman needs this skill. Like no matter what, whether you're married, single, whatever you are, you need to to express your desires. So I just remember one day I finally said, I would love a clean kitchen. And my husband was like, okay, I guess I'll clean it. And then he did. And that he's been doing it ever since. And that's been over 20 years that he's been cleaning the kitchen. Why? Because it makes his wife happy. That was reason enough for him. So it's kind of a miracle. I've seen it with so many students too. I remember I had one student where they were kind of like what you were describing in your marriage before your husband left. Like it was just awkward roommates. He'd already actually had already said that he was going to divorce her. There was no Mm -hmm. hope. She shouldn't try. It was over. There was no talking. There was no touching, no eye contact, just nothing. And so she decided she was going to use the six intimacy skills to work on her marriage anyway. She didn't think it would work, but whatever. She just had nothing to lose. She was experimenting with this particular skill. He was sitting watching TV and she said, I would love a leg massage. Now, very critically, she did not say, gosh, my legs really hurt, right? She said, I would love a leg massage. So she didn't complain. (laughs) She expressed the desire. And he goes, oh, did, did you want it right now? And she said her heart just started racing. Like, oh my God, I'm like, he's going to give me a leg massage. And he was like, okay, just come sit over here. And then she did. And he massaged her legs. And that was the beginning of kind of a long, slow dance of reconciliation between them where, it, and by the end he had 
um, cleared off their, they had this a bunch of stuff in their patio, they cleared it all off and built a fire pit so they could sit and hold hands by the fire pit in the evenings. And she ended up becoming uh, a Laura Doyle empowered wife relationship coach. So uh, it was big transformation in her marriage just from learning to express her desire. So I kind of just want to give everyone the formula if I can just lay that out. So it goes like this. It starts out, I would love, love begets love. I would love. And then just the final outcome. So it doesn't, you don't have to explain. Like I used to say things like, I would love a new dress for my birthday. And there's one at Macy's, it's in the window. It's give me size eight. No, wait till it goes on sale. It's going on sale next week. You know, and by that point, he's not inspired anymore, right? He's just my errand boy. So it just really needs to be the final outcome. Like I said, clean kitchen or just in the last couple of years, I had expressed a desire. I would love a pool. And that felt really indulgent. I felt really uncomfortable because like, you know, why do we really need a pool? And um, anyway, I have a beautiful new pool now because my husband gets very inspired by that. It's like a North star, right? For them to navigate by when they know what we desire. So I would love, and just the final outcome is the formula. I would write that down if you're able to write that down. And I don't recommend this phrase for his time or his attention for physical affection. When you use the six intimacy skills, you become an irresistible magnet. You don't need any of that. It just never felt good to me in the old days when I would tell my husband, like, I need you to be more affectionate because I, it really just made it clear that he didn't want to be affectionate. And I wanted him to want to be affectionate. I wanted him to want to spend time with me, which now he does all that. Now I would just be passing him in the hall and he pulls me at the waist and gives me a kiss. So there's no need to just express a desire for that, right? I never did that in the beginning. No need to do that once you restore the intimacy and the connection and the emotional safety at your house. Yeah, I love that. And I'll say the reason why I love it is the I love and then the final outcome. And the reason why I love just giving the final outcome without the explanation is because, ladies, he doesn't want to hear how you want the thing to happen. Like you were saying, well, there's a dress, you could get it here, you could get it there, but make sure you get it on sale. It's like, trust him that he will give you the thing, but let him give it to you his way. It's almost like he does the dishes and then we complain that we don't like the way he did the dishes. Well, guess what? The dishes got done. So what did we really want? Did it have to be exactly your way? No, it's the good thing is that it's done. And then, you know, once we start to criticize him for the way he does things, then he automatically will stop showing up and doing the things. So if we just say, that's what I love about that formula, I would love this. And then let him figure it out because he's a grown man and he's amazing and you married him for a reason. And I say all the time, like, you love your husband and he's a good man. You may not love your marriage right now, but you love him and he's a good man. So let him prove to you that he's a good man and stop trying to like shoot him down before he even tries. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It goes back to the receiving thing, right? Yeah. Why we're the keepers of the relationship. If you're not a good receiver. How's he ever going to please you, right? Yeah. He has no shout at it. And I mean, I think for me, I was so full of resentment, so full of resentment about all the things he wasn't doing. Uh, so he he knew he wasn't going to be successful. I wasn't pleasable. I was not pleasable. Uh, mm-hmm. And so becoming pleasable, and that was a whole process too. There's a whole training around, you can either be grateful or you can either be resentful. You can't be both at the same time. So you always mm-hmm. get to pick which one you want to be. So anyway, once you get your hands on all the six intimacy skills, they're very simple to implement. Yeah. I love that. And the book is such an easy read. 
it's easy to get through. There's two more things I wanted to touch on. And one of them is from one of the newer sections in the book. And this is, again, because I feel like it resonates with so many of my listeners. And that is what students did that got him back. So in the book, you say, you might be thinking, but my husband is repulsed by my vulnerability. He hates it when I cry and he gets gruff or runs away. And then you say a few things that go a little later down, you say, but here's what I've learned from when my husband didn't respond to me very well. There's something being reflected back to me in my husband mirror. If my grief is also perceived criticism or complaint about him, or if there's even a drop of blame in my sadness, it's not true vulnerability. Like drinking water laced with lead is no longer life-giving and sustaining its poison. My tears are an attack to the subtext, you let me down or you disappoint me. I was like, yeah, because I feel like I've done that too, you know, where we cry, but the cry is more of a blame. Like you made me cry. Exactly. Versus a true cry, right, of vulnerability. And I've seen that play out in my own marriage, even now that we have a happy marriage, but I've seen that play out. And the difference between when it is a true vulnerable cry and when it is a cry because I'm trying to get him to change something. The response is different. And I loved that point that you made there. Yeah. Unfortunately, I've had a lot of experience with, um, it's like kind of like waterworks in a way, right? It's manipulation to to, uh, try to get a certain response. And it is not appealing, but true vulnerability. Oh my gosh. My husband will go to the ends of the earth. He'll do anything. I call it being an accountable mess, right? Like I'm not together. I'm sad or I'm scared. I'll say, oh my gosh, I have a big talk tomorrow. I'm nervous to do it. And for that, he has got to come in for a hug right away, or he's got to, you know, how can I fix this? So vulnerability really does create the fascination that leads to lifelong commitment, but the waterworks does the opposite. And so you can get the mistaken idea that he doesn't like to see you cry, but really it's the question is what's underneath those tears. Love that. Last thing. And, and then I'll let you go trying to be respectful of your time. Uh, as I, I, you know, all day. Yay. <laughs> I would love to. Because <laughs> we we're so, I think we're so very much aligned, and and that, that to me is true. That's true. How do two women from opposite sides of the country, who've never met, basically come up with very similar? You know, I have my own think ways of thinking and methodology, and you have your own. But like I said, essentially, it's the same message, different audience. Like, and how do we come up with that if there wasn't something deeply true? about that, which is why I wanted to bring you on and share those principles, because regardless of anything, I think the principles are so important. But one of the last things I wanted to close with and give you the opportunity to do is I've noticed I follow, obviously I follow your show. I don't listen to all the podcast episodes again, because I try to stay in my own lane, you know, but I follow it. And one thing I've noticed is the only time I've ever heard you get criticized it sounds like I read bad reviewer criticism of your stuff, your philosophy. And I think that person must not have read the book. So the big criticism is, oh, this is dangerous for women who are in abusive languages. But very early on in the book, you address that. And you address it in the first book, and then you changed your opinion, and you address that. And I thought, what are they talking about? She addresses it. So for the benefit of my listeners, I wanted to give you the chance to respond and say, what do you feel about it? Because we have a very similar 
philosophy on it. So I just wanted to give you that chance to respond because I hate like the Apple podcast and like you're, you're just, you can't respond <laughs> to the bad no, reviews. You, you can't. can't. That's true. That's true. And it's, yeah. it's hurtful. And so I just wanted to give you that opportunity to respond. That's so sweet of you. It's such a dramatic thing, right? If you're being emotionally abused, verbally abused, that's a scary, awful, hurtful place to be in your marriage. And, and there's no shortage of people like you shared that will say, you deserve better. Get out. You should leave him. And that's exactly what I did in my first book. I have to admit, I'm sad to say it. I fell for my fear instead of finding my faith. And then after so many thousands of women came through our programs on our campus and said, well, I was never going to leave because we have five children, or I was never going to leave because financially I can't leave or, or whatever their reasons were. Or I was never going to leave because deep mm -hmm. down, I love my husband. Mm -hmm. um, and they showed me that I was wrong. You know, safety always comes first, of course. And you have to do whatever that is that's best for you. You're the expert on your own life. And um, whatever it is you have to do, I support you doing that. And I've seen too many miracles to doubt that it's possible to fix your marriage no matter what. I have women who have transformed their marriages. I have one that had a restraining order against her husband, and she transformed her marriage so big that it's become her passion to end world divorce. Also, she became a coach, uh, mm -hmm. you know, very powerful coach. Uh, I have another one who uh, went to the hospital from physical, a physical altercation. Yeah. And it's incredible to hear her story about it. Now she says, I was scared of my husband. My husband was scared of me too, that they hurt each other in a way that, and of course with men, they have greater physical strength. So it's just it's so incredibly threatening. Like, how can you tell somebody to stay in? Well, you know, what I'm saying is, listen, if what you want is to have an intimate, passionate, peaceful marriage, that's what we stand for. We are not giving up no matter what, whatever it takes. We believe that that's possible. We're possibilitarians here. And so we really are a stand that you're the expert and that if you have any hope, you can find that mustard seed of faith, right? That they're, that your family could be saved. Um, gosh, I just think there's nothing more moving or inspiring than to see a woman decide to do that. So I can't ever tell anybody what to do. I don't know what they should do. I just have my own experience to share. And so it's up to her to decide for herself. But I kind of feel like, you know, you wouldn't be reading my book or you wouldn't be listening to my podcast. You wouldn't be joining one of my programs if you didn't have hope. And if you've got hope, then we're going to get up under that and stand for your marriage to be a success. Not just yeah. where you're sucking it up and getting abused. No, it has to be a marriage where you feel safe, where you feel adored, protected, cherished, desired, all of that. But that's your birthright as a woman. That's your birthright. I want all that for you. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for your time and coming on the show. I know you have a massive business, a massive show, massive, like so much. So it's just to bless me personally and my audience, you know, with your time chatting with you. I really, really appreciate it. Please tell the audience where they can find you. Well, we decided to do something special for the listeners of The Grace Fueled Wife. I wanted to make sure that you guys got really taken care of because I feel like there is so much simpatico here. And Beatrice, it is such an honor to be on your show. So what we did is you can get the Adored Wife Roadmap for free, which is a high-level overview of Sticks and Missy's skills, as well as the three mistakes that women make trying to get their husband's time, attention, and affection. And then you can get the first chapter of the expanded, updated version of The Empowered Wife. 
And also, um, there's a few other little goodies on that page for you. And the way you get that, you get all of that, is you go to lauradoyle.org slash grace. Yay. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you I'm so, so grateful. Much. I'm so grateful. I too. love it. All right, folks, there we have it this week with Laura Doyle. I love you guys. And until next week. Hey, love, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you found any value in it, any teaching, any transformation, I encourage you to share it with a friend. Click the link. Go ahead and share it with a friend. Text it to somebody. Share it on Instagram. Tag me at The Grace Fuels Wife. Any of those things, or maybe even write a review. All those things are really the best way that you can thank me. And it helps the show to get found by other amazing women just like you. I love you. And I'll see you on Tuesday for another episode of The Grace Fueled Wife.